Hello, everybody. It's Dave Neal, stand-up comic host of Bachelor Nation News, January 20th, 2023. It's the home stretch baby to the weekend. Let's get right into it. Good news here. It's Bachelor Rush Hour. Oh, yeah, we're grooving. We're feeling pretty good. You got that paycheck in your pocket. Burn a hole in it. Go find some drinks. If you're single, get up there and chat up some strangers. If you're in a relationship, tell your loved one you love them, right? Let's just share some positivity on this Friday afternoon. I've got three clips for you today. They are relatively barrel scraping, although the first is Chris Harrison, and then the second is Matt James and Rachel Kirkconnell. Of course, Matt James and Rachel Kirkconnell forever tied to Chris Harrison in the scandal and most shocking season ever when Matt James um, did not propose but found love with Rachel Kirkconnell. Uh, regarding Chris Harrison, first I'm going to share a clip that he has where he answered some of your questions on a bonus episode of his podcast. Now, I have to tell you right off the bat, he actually took some pretty decent criticism. He didn't answer everything, but he took some criticism, and I think that's a good thing. He says he doesn't want to be in an echo chamber and all that jazz. I curated probably four or five different clips from that interview. I'm going to play that for y'all right this second. Ashley is asking if you would step back in and return to The Bachelor or Bachelorette. Would you do that? Hmm. Isn't that the $50 million question? Why do you say $50 million? <laughs> is that how much it would take? <laughs> I would probably go back to kind of what I said in that last answer. And that is, it is so important who I work with or work for. I don't see a path back. You know, my mom always taught me never say never. And so I won't say that word, but I don't see a path back. Yeah, the problem if he ever was invited back to the show is then the show would become about him and not about the actual couples. Like the host is supposed to be, you know, the curtains in the background. It's not supposed to be the story. Like they always say, you never want to be the news. You want to, like for reporters and news, news people, you want to make, the, you want to discuss the news. You never want to be the news. Where I could find happiness and contentment. And, and, and by the way, conversely, my guess is, they feel the exact same way. Yeah, they don't want you. So Chris says, why would I want to work with people that don't want to work with me? And he knows that they threw him under the bus. At least, I mean, this is in his opinion. He knows of their skeletons and what they've got going on. So like, why would he take the fall and then come back to them? That's like some Stockholm Syndrome stuff, right? So I'm going to get to what he said about Hannah Brown. It's a, it's mildly interesting. But first, uh, let's go to the uh, caller calling him in suffering. Learned in relationships, I would apply here. Do I want to get back in bed with that same girlfriend? And usually the answer to that is no. Metaphorically. Jen is saying she found the first episode to be insufferable. Yikes. And that no one wants to hear how hard the situation was for you and how you couldn't fix it. You should really start taking your own advice of not saying anything. Why did you focus on yourself so much in the episode? Jen. <laughs> I love these. <laughs> I'm watching. And in the background, that's Lauren Zima laughing. The producer's reading the questions and Lauren Zima's laughing. His He's squirm a little bit. Thank you for listening. Thank you for your to feedback. however many episodes you made it through. I'd be interested to know how, how long Jen made it. Did you make it all the way through one episode? And if so, I hope you, you missed the best part, which was LZ in episode two. Um, I'm sorry that uh, you felt that way about the, the show, but I, I felt like the first 
episode needed to be me talking for the first time in two years. I thought if I jumped into the show, into this relationship podcast and just said, Hey, so we're going to be talking about hooking back up with your ex, you know, boyfriend or girlfriend again, and just acted like nothing happened. And I just started talking about relationships. I thought that would have been really insincere. And I thought you guys would have been thinking, uh, Hey bud, you kind of skipped over a little something. Yeah, look, I agree with him. You know, you got to call out the obvious and talk about it. And this is what your podcast is all about. Now, if I had to rank his first episode back, I'd give it maybe a seven out of 10. He didn't burn bridges or do anything crazy, but it wasn't like a perfect dismount. Like he covered every, he didn't uh, quench the thirst of people that had questions. And I thought, and I said this off the very top of that first episode, C plus. if we are to have this relationship and that's what this podcast is, it's not only about relationships, it is a relationship. My relationship with you, which has always been paramount to me. If this is going to happen, if we're going to hook up in this way, I needed to bear my soul. I needed to talk to you and I needed to kind of show all my cards and I needed to go first. Now, if I was his publicist, I would have constructed a probably 10 piece note card of the things that I wanted him to cover uh, that pretty much summarized all the questions that are being asked, like exactly why he was canceled, whether he's bitter, what do you hear this in the background? Some, I just heard a noise. I'm just going to ignore it. Let's keep going. This will evolve into something very different. We will start talking more about relationships and things going on and talk to have interviews and, and guests and all that stuff. That will happen. Um, but I just felt like, in all seriousness, those first words from me needed to be meaningful and and raw and open and honest. And I'm sorry if it just seemed so much about me. But I'm also just, you know, self-centered narcissist. So he's obviously kidding. It's just like, I don't know. A lot of people believe that. So maybe that's why he made the joke. Um, you know, what's so funny is I get comments that are like, you're too pro at Chris Harrison. And then I get comments, you're too anti Chris Harrison. I think he did a relatively good job with his first episode. I mean, he's probably never done a long form podcast where he has to be the driving force as the host, you know, everything else that world he comes from is like pre planned cute cards, read off this, memorize this line. We're going to jump into this, hit the stinger here. Now it's kind of like, all right, it's free flowing. But with that, you have to have in the back of your mind, the notes in the beats you want to hit to make sure that you kind of like knock that out of the park and you know this is the beauty of it if he misses it in episode one and everyone's like but you didn't mention rachel Lindsay." well then maybe in episode seven he discusses just his relationship with rachel Lindsay. you know it can be ever flowing ongoing we don't need all the answers at once we need to slow down i'm a leo what are you gonna do <laughs> hey kendall are there any nice ones I'm just kidding. <laughs> Hold on, Kendall. I only want them if they're really mean questions. <laughs> Lauren loves this. LZ loves watching me squirm. But this is great. Hey, in all seriousness, <laughs> I will I will say this again. This wasn't about sitting in an echo chamber and having a bunch of people tell you exactly what you want to hear. You get nowhere. There is no growth like that. I want to hear the good. I want to hear the bad. I want to hear the silly. That's what this is all about life is messy. There are mistakes. So let's lean into them. Let's own them and let's talk about them. So bring it on as, as much as I can. All right. So we'll have to see if we bring it on. He says as much as I can, of course, relating to his non-disclosure agreement. Do you mean legally? Yeah. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> 
<laughs> Mark wants to know if being the host of The Bachelor and Bachelorette for all those years helped your own relationships and dating. Okay, so that gets kind of boring if you ask me. So you can go listen to the full thing. I want to get to two more clips here where he discusses the former leads that have reached out to him, which by the way, I'm not calling it spineless at all. I just think it's funny when people didn't reach out publicly and everyone was worried about coming off like they, like everyone, you know, it's like it's like when you're a sort of um, nuclear, am I pronouncing that right? All the people, no, it's pronounced nuclear or whatever. Uh, when you're when you when you're radioactive, there it is, folks. When you're radioactive, no one wants to talk to you. When I took an interview with um, Reality Steve last year, maybe a year and a half now at this point, it was like a real question people had, like, oh, you can't talk to him because the certain the subreddits were trying to cancel him and this and that. And you go, no, having conversations is what we're supposed to do. And if we think that good can come from it, have those conversations. And of course, a lot of good came from it. Now you've got Reality Steve, probably, probably the most ethical of reporters within all of Bachelor Nation. Can you believe that? I can. You know why? Because he got feedback, listened to it, adjusted, and grew. We should be like, we should be rewarding that. Isn't that the thing we all want? All right. Here's what he had to say about Brad Womack. And a very, very good friend. Brad Womack wrote me maybe the sweetest letter, uh, text letter that I actually just got today because he had listened. Um, and he's funny because, you know, of course, Brad, he's like, you know, I don't listen to podcasts, but I listen to yours. So he, he just left me this amazing message. Um, and two people that uh, Britta reached out this week after the first two episodes aired that I don't know if surprising is, is the right word because that, that kind of puts a negative spin and negative connotation on it. And I don't mean it like that. But the two Hannahs, Hannah Ann and Hannah Brown, uh, both reached out and both had incredibly kind, supportive things to say. And now, of course, we know Hannah Brown can probably relate to Chris's scenario more than anybody. Hannah Brown, uh, you know, I'm sure if you're Chris Harrison, you're looking at Hannah Brown like, are you kidding me? She's still on TV. She's on the Special Forces, which is a good show. But, you know, because Hannah Brown at the, I believe, beginning of the pandemic, maybe months earlier, um, posted on her Instagram story, drunk reciting lyrics to a song where she said the n-word in the song now that uh she apologized and did all that and she still had to talk about it in her book i talked about it with her on her uh, book tour q a which by the way i'll be doing a q a with katie thurston uh live because legally i don't think i'm allowed to do it with her i'm kind of blacklisted if you don't know that from the producers they don't even respond to my request for interviews uh but regardless of that you know largest independent you know whatever no big deal <laughs> but that'll be february 15th in san diego a live stand-up show the day after Valentine's Day. We've only got like a small handful of VIP tickets left. And then we've got a couple dozen uh, general admission tickets left. Uh, it seats about 220. It's going to sell out. It's at the Comedy Club. Mike, drop a link in the comment section if you want to check that out. But yeah, so Chris Harrison... Uh, or Hannah Brown knows the position where you're under scrutiny for, for, for a very hotbed topic. Um, Hannah Brown... Uh, wasn't as big of a surprise because Hannah and I have, have always had this bond and this kind of thing between us that we've always uh, kept up with. Um, and obviously her being the bachelorette, there was that chemistry there because we were so intimately involved. And of course, her season of The Bachelorette, she wasn't made the villain. If you listened or read the uh, Game of Roses State of the Bachelor, uh, you know, 4,000 or dissertation that they gave, you know that they talked about the fact that in recent years, the lead has been made into the villain. You know, Claire, even Katie, you know, certain leads have been made into the villain. And 
with Hannah Brown's season, she was yeah, kind of like the damsel in distress, the sex positive. I can have sex and Jesus loves me too. Of course, moves the podium, deals with Luke P. Jed has a girlfriend at home, all these different things. So she came out looking very rosy. So of course, her and Chris should have had a good experience on the show. In her life and in that relationship. And so that wasn't as big of a surprise, but Hannah Ann actually had reached out and just said, you know, look, I, we haven't kept in touch as much. Okay. So the Hannah Ann reaches out good for them. And then one last one right here, which is finding joy in tough times was the question. Let's have a listen. It's the most important lesson you learned from all of this and something you would tell someone who messes up in the future. Heather, I'm not a masochist. I don't, I don't mean to sound like I enjoy the tough times, but Life isn't a steady ascension. It's not just this simple road from one success to the next, to the next, to the next. No, it involves a good morning America apology, written statements, and then getting, uh, you know, let go from your show. No, but of course, yeah, look, you know, life's about adversity, overcoming it. So whether people want to follow Chris on his next journey, it, it will be interesting when you follow human dynamic to see what he does with the information he has and how he contributes to society moving forward. And it'll be pretty interesting to see if we stick around and follow Chris Harrison once he's done dishing up the tea. Although I do think it's smart of him to slowly bleed out all the burning questions and he hasn't gotten to the Good Morning America interview and all the other jazz. So we'll have to see how it all plays out. Now, that story is tied to the next one, which is Rachel Kirkconnell and Matt James being interviewed by Tyler Cameron. Of course, Tyler and Matt James were roommates and Rachel Kirkconnell and Matt James are lovers. And it's a very fascinating conversation. I actually suggest listening to the whole thing, but I compiled a few clips of it for you guys. Most importantly, the last clip that I'll share with you was Matt explaining the miracle that took place that brought Rachel back into his life. Have a listen. So I've got several different clips here, but it's very fascinating hearing him discuss how Clayton messed up. So let's hear Matt discuss his wisdom and how Clayton messed up, and then we'll get into the best story I think ever of Bachelor Nation. I'm not kidding when I say that. The hard week was fantasy week. The really hard day was when our last date got canceled. No comment. <laughs> no, you have to comment. Why, why, why was it canceled, man? So he gets a little slow at first, but Matt basically cancels his fantasy suite or his date with Rachel because he knew he was going to choose her and she was considering leaving and it was a whole mess if we go back. We don't even, no one even remembers this stuff. You know, you're proposing, you're not proposing, and uh, they really weren't trying to hear that. So um, <laughs> it led to a whole, they just flipped it upside down, like right when you think when you're in control, they just pull it right back from you. So he's talking about the producers and his um, uh, not wanting to do certain things that they wanted, and because of that, they sort of flipped the script on him. So they have subtle ways to keep you in line. Sure, that was the goal. Like, I, I did not think that you were going to be there the next day. If Rachel sent herself then- home... If Rachel sent herself home, would you pick anybody? Good question. Terrible audio. If Rachel sent herself home. We might have had a we might have had a Clayton situation, but from a different standpoint. Because Wait, what do you mean? You would have picked someone else if I left. No, I'm saying because like Susie sent herself home, and he yeah. was like, "No, I don't like." I don't know because he's he he hit all three of them, so he was wild. He goes, "I might have a Clayton situation," and then he goes, "He hit all three of them." Let's listen to this one more time. Like, no, I don't like. 
I don't know because he's he he hit all three of them, so he was wild. <laughs> Whoa, he was. It's not often you get like this honesty and authenticity, and it's probably coming because Matt James and Tyler Cameron were roommates, so they're having this just like natural conversation that you expect happens. He goes, Clayton hit all three of them. I'm a, I don't know if he means had sex. I don't really. Know. He obviously doesn't mean like him physically hit them, but it means kind of like he said he loved them all. Uh, we talked about it after the fact. He called me after, and and he was like, yo. Um, I want to talk to you about like we had the conversation we should have had before he went, but yeah. we didn't know each other. So like, as he's telling me all these things, I'm just like, oh my goodness, bro! Like, I'm trying to like, like yo, it's gonna be okay type stuff, but at the same time, I'm like, yo, because you you were you, you were adamant about not having sex in there. Yeah, just because like I thought that was like kind of weak. For me, like, that's my thing. Like, so of course, yeah, Matt James says he didn't want to have sex, but he also knew he was going to pick Rachel. So that's why he didn't want to have sex because he was like, all right, I know I'm going to pick her. We can do, we can bump Harrison's uh, literally the next day. Like, I'm not going to, you know, although I don't know why he wouldn't. I mean, I guess it's a disservice to the other two in the fantasy suite. So he said, you know what? I'm going to do the right thing and not have sex with any of them. Little did he know that his season was going to take such a wild turn, regardless of him trying to do the best thing. Oh, you're going to pick then you are doing all the women a disservice by even the women you're not picking, you're doing a disservice by using them essentially. And then the woman you are picking and you know, you're picking, why would you do that? If you know, you're going to be with her. Wait, so why did Clayton get in trouble? Why did Clayton get in trouble? I don't know if he already knew he was picking Susie, I guess. Cause he said, I want to be with Susie and then she left. So then he slept. I don't know. This is what's so good about their discussion right now. They're talking about Clayton's season of The Bachelor the way anybody would talk. Wait, what? What, what, what did Clayton do wrong? Well, he had sex with all the women. Probably had sex with, I don't know. Well, aren't you supposed to? Well, no. I mean, but then he said he loved, oh, he said he loved all of them. Like, it's the exact same combo we all have. I don't know. Celebs, they're just like us. Oh, oh, I know why. Because he told all of them that he loved them. Ah, oh, you can't do that. Why not? Why? Why you can't do that. And Tyler's like, oh, come on, tell him why you love him. But of course, Tyler hasn't been in the position of the lead where, you know, if you say you love all three of them, then the one you choose is going to have this weird trust issue. So you're better off not saying it. But of course, the producers in their attempt to probably make the lead the villain, they they see how much how, how much uh, how many ratings can come from. He told multiple women he loved him. And it's like, well, why don't why don't why doesn't Clayton just tell every woman right out of the limo that he loves them? Maybe that'll destigmatize loving somebody. All right. So when Rachel wants out, let's go to the 21 mark there's a there's so many good moments of this i might have to make another another video here but let's uh let's listen to this clip well i mean i'm sure he feels the same way but the i'm done with mad shit list i think the top of it just like on a daily basis <laughs> is what, what are you gonna say do you no know i have no idea mine is uh the top of my list is when he has his clothes hanging every- on sweaty clothes Hanging oh on the TV. Like, Isn't this great when the ex-roommate and girlfriend can sort of unite in hating the same thing about somebody? So apparently Matt James likes to put his sweaty clothes everywhere. All right, so they get through all the fluff. They talk about their pooping schedules. They talk about all the fun things you talk about, but they get into the real story. So if you don't recall, Matt James and Rachel Kirkconnell said they weren't going to be together at the After the Final Rose hosted by Emmanuel Acho. 
Uh, right at this point, Chris Harrison's already on a leave of absence. The whole season's been blown up. They say they're not going to get together. Matt James so angry, rightfully, at production for sort of like putting him in this no-win position that he doesn't want to give them any more sound bites. So he's stoic, bearded, says nothing, says nothing basically during his time in the after the final rose. He goes, you're not going to make any more money off of me. And then we find out later that him and Rachel were still talking, not officially together, but they were going to take some time apart, work on things. And in that time they take apart, Matt James blows it all up by communicating with another woman named Grace. She exposes Matt James by going on reality Steve's Instagram and doing an Instagram live. And it was like, oh my gosh, it was wild. That's where this next story picks up that I believe may be, may be the most romantic recovery of a, rela a relationship you'll ever see. So sometimes we're so dumb. And as Matt James says in this video, um, he said it previously that he didn't realize when his relationship with Rachel began, that him and Tyler's friendship had to sort of evolve, which meant that Rachel couldn't just be a barnacle on the Matt James, Tyler Cameron boat. Rachel had to have her own identity with Matt as a couple. And Matt didn't realize that at first. I've been in the same scenario. So naive in a new relationship. We're like, oh yeah, yeah, come do this, come do that. And you just drag this new toy around and it's like no she's not a toy she's she needs to be an equal member and I think they had to learn that right but either way everything's blown up and here's the story from Matt's perspective on how he and fate I mean guardian angel stuff put them back together so I was like so mad at him Honestly, I get like re mad when I talk about it. We're gonna get in a fight. And I hate this because my wife does the same thing. If we're like, she remembers something, she'll get re mad. And I'm like, we already got over this. <laughs> oh shit, my <laughs> bad, y'all. Damn, my bad, no, man. I'm just kidding. Um, so I was really, really, really mad at him. I had him blocked. I was like, all right, I'm moving on. For like six weeks, I was just like trying to like basically like get you back, or like I just knew that we wanted to be together or so you were saying after the, after the final row, I was like, okay, let's just be together. What is this then? And, um, yeah, six weeks later, shit hit the fan. Everything blew up in his face. Florida. Right. Yeah. Left, right. Upper, uppercut. And, yeah. um, and I was like, I, I literally was like, I never want to speak to you again. Stormed. This is still the biggest story I've ever covered. As far as views go, this was wild. Out of his apartment, packed my bags, went to my friend's apartment. Um, and then we didn't speak for like, what, a week or two? Yeah, we didn't speak for a week. <laughs> was it um, after, after you guys already broke up on TV? Yeah. So we had, so we had broke... A lot of people said, well, the, it was a fake breakup. No, I mean, part, I mean... By all means, Matt was getting it from all sides. He was getting it from all sides, and he he needed to finally think for himself, I feel like, and that was kind of that moment where, like, let's take some time to just, like, clear out all the noise, and in that moment, he made a bad judgment call where he, uh, you know, uh, had a, you know, squirrel chasing a nut moment where he was like, car, and then he kind of pursued a different woman, you know, not to say that it was right, but of course, like, in a new relationship, new waters, are we together, are we not, are we on a break, that type of deal, 
uh, you know, judgment got uh, didn't get you know didn't uh, necessarily operate from the best place of judgment, but it all it all leads to a good place. Broken up, and then for six weeks we were still in communication, talking, trying to. I thought we were working through things from what I understood, thinking we were going to get back together. Shit blew up in his face. <laughs> And um, I was like, okay, I'm so done with you. I never want to speak to you again. I can never trust you, like all this stuff. Leave. And at that point, I was like, actually, I was like, okay, I'm going to actually try and move on. Because for six weeks, I like wouldn't let myself move on because I knew like we were supposed to be together. So this is like my first time I'm like actually like trying to move on. I block him. So like I wouldn't like call him or text him or he wouldn't call or text me or like if he did, I wouldn't get it. And then after a week, I was like, that's a little immature. So I unblocked him and it turned out. He- oh, let me tell this part. Okay. So this is where. This- I do love when couples have a shared story. No, it's my turn. You know, they're just, it's like a vaudeville act. It's like, all right, now I go. Now, enter stage left. Where I pick in. This is where, this is where I pick into the story. So, <laughs> so it's been a week and I was like, man, I got to get out of here. Like everything reminds me of her. So I got to get, I got to go to California. So I went to California and I'm just like, uh, just skateboarding, like going to the beach, just like doing like active things to just like occupy my mind and time. And, um, at that time in like life and like our history, everyone was like boxing everybody. Like there was like everyone, there was like a celebrity boxing match this week and you, that weekend. I'm, I'm just laughing at you. You said everything reminded you of me. And then you went to the house. That was our happy couple house. Skip ahead. With, and that's how you met my. I get invited to this fight, and I'm in, in California. They're like, hey, this, like, you want to come to this fight with us in Atlanta? And I was like, uh. So at the time, he's being criticized from people because he's hanging out with like young TikTokers and Instagram people. And everyone's like, what is he doing? But it turns out that links him back to Rachel. I was like, why not? There's going to be a fun weekend, like, go watch the fight, um, whatever. <clears throat> so you with all the TikTok boys. There you go. Yeah, I was with all the TikTok yeah. guys. Um, it was a big weekend. So I get to Atlanta. They could put us up in a nice hotel, um, like right, like right was in the middle. Se- was it the Four Seasons? Yeah, somewhere like really right, nice. right, right in the middle of downtown, like somewhere I'd never been. But oh, it's kind of nice. Mm-hmm. And um, <clears throat> I'll never forget. Get there that night. The next morning, I wake up. I go downstairs. I'm on the Peloton, like you know, just working. Way, out. I would love if, like, an like a cartoonist could sort of animate their stories to this audio because it's so good. I'm doing my thing, and I get a notification on my phone, and it says that Rachel has started sharing her location with you. And I was like, "Oh shit!" And I was like, uh, "I stopped my ride instantly," and I was like looking at my phone. And I opened up the phone and I... Do we have any cartoonists? Because it said she's sharing her location with me. I swear to goodness, she was two blocks away from me. That's crazy. We haven't communicated in... Six weeks. like 10 days. 10 days. This is the longest we've ever gone without talking. Yeah. And I'm like, yo, this is a signal. I'm like, she's trying to tell me that she's like trying to meet up. <laughs> like, like I my, drove to see him. My dumb ass. I'm like, oh, snap. Like I got to get... Like, so I leave. I'm in my workout clothes, bro. You um, wanted to meet up with me? Yeah, I wanted to see you. So I'm like running around downtown like I'm on Pokemon Go, just like trying to follow the dot. <laughs> and then I get to this building. Trying to find that Pikachu. <laughs> 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 Bro, you're a fool. So I get to this building and um, and I'm looking up and I'm like walking around. I'm like, is she outside? Like, it's like she's in this building. 
And then I, you, I think I FaceTimed you. you or yeah, I, you did. And you didn't pick up, and then I called you. And you're like, twice. yeah, and I'm like, I'm, I'm here. And you're like, what are you talking about? She lives like an hour and a half from where I was. She just happened to be staying at her friend's house that night, which was literally two blocks. Bro, I'm talking about like 500 feet from where I was staying. Like, mm-hmm. and I'm like, I, I like, I, I, I thought you were trying to tell me you were like, you want to see me? She's like, no, I just unblocked you. And I was like, oh, well, I'm outside. <laughs> like, good. Can I like talk to you and apologize? I, he he was like, can I talk to you? I was like, we literally have nothing else to talk about. Like, I heard that before. This is just when everything had blown up. I was like, I don't really know what else there is to talk about. And then that's when you're like, I just want to say sorry. And I was like, okay. Yeah. And so okay, we were, say sorry. We sat in the parking deck for like five hours. Yeah. Whoa. And I was just like. <laughs> He was crying. Literally just sat there and cried the whole time. He was like, I don't know who I've been. I was like, it was TC. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, no, I was just kidding. Not <laughs> yet. It wasn't TC yet. No, I was uh I was a fool. And um I just like I was like, listen, if you give me another chance, like i I promise that like I'm gonna do it right. Wow. And that was He's kept his promise. That was two years ago, man. Like I said, black people don't cheat, man. I'm trying to tell y'all since the beginning of the. <laughs> oh my god! No, I mean no, it's it a not. beautiful story. It's a beautiful story, if you ask me. Yeah, I would love to see that animated, the way they tell it, and just uh, you know all the all the expressions. Um, probably my favorite Bachelor Nation couple. And I stand by that. I just love the humor they bring in and their ability to overcome a real dark moment in their life. You know, uh, the exposure they had to mass criticism, something I don't think any of us will ever feel. All right. Well, let's get to our final clip. Here is Zach Shellcross doing drink, uh, what's called truth or drink with Jesse Palmer. And of course, that's the game where he decides to answer a question or uh, the punishment is having a bo- our bourbon. It's like, that doesn't sound like much of a punishment to me. They're like, all right, Dave, answer this question or have a slice of pizza. Oh, don't make me. You know what I mean? Either way, um, does he give us much information? No, not really. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's, it's a tough game to play when you're under contract not to disclose what happens in your season. But either way, have a listen. This is Zach and Jesse knocking back a few drinks. All right. First thing is they share their worst date stories. Now, as you guys know, because this may or may not be licensed content with Mozart music in the background or whatever the hell they're playing, Tchaikovsky, I don't know. I've got to speak a little bit in between the takes to break it up so I don't get a content strike. What's the worst date you've ever been on? I went on a date. She just starts talking to me about is constantly taking lots and lots of shrooms, and she is currently on shrooms <laughs> on this date. Nothing against people who do shrooms, but you know, first dates are good. Don't get too drunk. Don't get too high. Don't get too psychedelic. You know, those things are always good for a baseline first date. Word she's like tripping. It. Yeah, she's right like tripping at this Italian restaurant, but she's like keeping it. But by the way. Some shrooms before Italian? Maybe she's onto something. Really cool. She's like, I'm all my friends' shamans. I do it on the weekend. And I was just like. I was once late to a date. I was texting and autocorrect totally screwed me. Mm. Be there in five minutes in the cab. It autocorrected it to be there in five minutes on the can. 
Hey, there you go. You got to do what you got to do. And by the way, a group date where they're on shrooms just might be something we can all get behind. All right. The question is, who was your first kiss? Let's see if he answers. Okay. So uh, how early into the show did your first kiss happen? How early into the show? Now, we know it's going to be night one. I mean, someone's going to be kissing him night one, so I don't know. Best pickup line is the next question they ask. And again, we're not going to get many answers here. Don't blame them. Although, I'll tell you what, the sort of Instagram commenters were okay. not kind. They said uh, they're both so supremely unlikable. I would, I mean, look, here's my thing. If Jesse Palmer's not likable, who is? He's Canadian. He's good looking. He's charming. He's got the scruff. He has solid eye contact and white teeth. If that doesn't breed like ability, I don't know what does. And other people go, he's so boring. We'll not be watching. Okay, Tara. Well, we'll have to see how it goes. I don't like to judge people before the season. But anyway, let's go to our next question here. Best pickup line. Let's see. <laughs> Best pickup line. You got to act it out. And you have to the act it out. <laughs> I'm a girl at the bar with my old fashioned and a beard. <laughs> Girl, are you my appendix? Because I don't know what you are or how you work, but I have this feeling that makes me want to take you out. Appendix, Yikes. get it? Like people, like they, they burst. <laughs> I thought my so Yikes! Bad. My pickup line would be this: I like to go up and you go behind their shirt and you go, "Can I see something?" And then you look for their tag and you go, "Just what I thought, made in heaven." <laughs> I feel like that's a. Good. Or the other, the other one is, uh, "Did it hurt?" And they go, "What? When you fell, huh?" from heaven. And then uh, the other one I like is um, when you say a fat penguin and uh, they go, huh? And you go, I just wanted to say something to break the ice. You know, fat penguin. I think that's a good one. All right. Icebreakers. All right. Lover scale. Let's go to the lover scale. This is the scale in which how good of a lover does he think he is? I mean, look, you can't say 10 out of 10 because then people will be like, he's an F boy. You can't say two out of, I mean, so let's see if he has a good answer. <laughs> the hand rubbing. On a scale from one to 10, how would you rank yourself as a lover? God, I mean, these are just like... <laughs> that one was handwritten, by the way, not typed. So it, was, it was recently added. I'd give him a six. Uh, 7.5. 7.5. <laughs> hey, solid C. That's a solid C. He gives himself... Hey, what are you going to do? Give yourself a nine? You know, then next thing you know, you have ex-girlfriends going like, well, I've got receipts to prove he's no better than a four. And you're like, all right, thanks, Samantha. We appreciate you. All right, fantasy suite dates. Let's see the question about fantasy. Yeah, this is also surface level. Here's what, I mean, look, by all means, this is just a way for them to promote the show. It's probably going to get, I mean, it only has 82,000 views, but, you know, they probably spend an hour talking to each other, having a few drinks, and it just turns into a five-minute clip. And it's just a trailer for the show, and that's okay. How nervous were you for the overnight dates when it was fantasy suite time? There's a lot to unpack that week. So I might drink. Physically. Yeah. Mm. Duke. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. Who's the last person you kissed? <laughs> That's a good question. Now, now that would probably spoil if he is still with the winner. And the next question we have is nostril hair. Trim up your nostril hair. I mean, it's definitely part of the question was, how often do you trim up your nostril hair? The, the, uh, you know, the routine. Have you ever tried the wax? Wax your nose? Oh, dude. Does anyone pull out their nostril hairs? Sometimes you're stuck in traffic and you're just like, God, I wish I wasn't, you know? Is that weird? Is that gross? Someone relates to me. No. This will change your life. You wax your nose? Hell yeah. You can buy this home nose wax. 
Jesse just got so bro. You wax your nose? Hell yeah, bro. Uh, you don't need a you don't need a hairy nose when you're surfing the gnarly waves. Waxing kit. Okay. And like you heat it up, it's these little pellets of wax you put in the microwave, and then you put like a like a stick in it, Dude. and then shove it up your nose for like sixty, and then pull really hard. But here's the deal, and maybe I'll buy some of these because I don't have any, but they're a pretty good price. Nine dollars here for a hundred was a hundred count or hundred grams of nose hair wax beads. Oh, 15 to 20 uses. All right, so it's only got 15 to 20 uses, but yeah, you go in there with one of these devil sticks and I think by having by having a little bit of a stick you can you can get some velocity on the pull and I think that'll probably help it out a little bit how often you have to do that though probably not you know once every couple months 15 to 20 total uses and what's I don't know if that is that should I try it what do you guys think should I try a nose wax kit I think I should maybe all right, next question here. I think at 548 is our final question now you can go watch the full thing but trust me when I say you ain't missing much did you find love on The Bachelor? <laughs> With the question, do you find love on The Bachelor? He takes a slow sip. All right, folks. Well, this is our last day of barrel scraping season, which is the season in which we create content out of thin air. We go to the depths of the barrel and scrape that barrel for any good nutrition. As you guys know, if you've been with my community, sometimes the most delicious aspects of the barrel come from the bottom where we scrape. And that's the irreverency and the humor that we can find from simple situations. And I appreciate y'all giving me the chance to win you over. And I appreciate all of the nice reviews and ratings you have given me on the Apple Podcast app and everywhere else you listen to podcasts. Thank you so much for sharing me with your friends. And on Monday, if you uh, if you don't mind, I would love it if you could continue to share, rate, review with your Bachelor groups. As The Bachelor picks up steam, so we hope does The Bachelor Rush Hour podcast. Uh, I will have public live streams on the YouTube on Monday. Uh, that'll be at 7 p.m. East Coast, 4 p.m. Pacific, one hour before the episode. And then 10 p.m. East Coast, 7 p.m. Pacific, uh, right after the episode. I will also have Bachelor Rush Hour on Monday. Uh, you know, so if you, you know, there's like a, lots of content <laughs> is the point. And then on Tuesday, I'll have a special unique recap that I don't rip from the YouTube, but that I give directly to you guys. It'll be sort of like Recap 2.0. I'll do my YouTube version of the recap, and then I'll give you guys a nice longer version after that. That's my reward to you for sticking around and being loyal. I appreciate you. Have a good weekend, everybody. Do something I wouldn't do, and then some. I'm Dave Neal. This is Bachelor Rush Hour. Bachelor Rush Hour.